brought me out of darkness and into your marvelous light. When I think about, Lord, how you rescued me, Lord, when I had no place to turn, I, I had no place to go. You set me on a course and a destiny and a purpose for success. You raised me up that I might show forth your glory. I am a son of the living God and I have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb and I'm happy about it this morning. Now, Father, you raised up this preacher that he might preach the infallible word of God. I pray none of me, all of you, that you will speak life this morning, that all who hear this morning will be inspired and all who listens to this message will be encouraged and that, Lord God, that we will... Uh, Lord God, be a people, Lord, that will please you. And as you spoke the words to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God, that is our heart's cry this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn with you to Matthew chapter number 15. Uh, Matthew chapter number 15. I want you to get excited this morning. I want you to get happy this morning. God's going to speak to you. He's going to do some marvelous things in your life on this day. I'm just I'm just excited about the word of God. And every time the word of God and I'm, I've been praying lately, I've been getting a sense of my spirit. You know, back in the, in the Old Testament, when Ezra, who was a priest, when he was uh, restoring the, 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 the temple of God and restoring worship back in the land, that one of the things that he did is he opened up the book. And every time he opened up the book, the people stood up. You know why they stood up? Because they honored the word of God. You know, when the word of God being preached, how many know we need to honor the word? We need to give the word the highest place. Because the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. What God says in his word will happen. It's going to come to pass. And we need to be a people that honor the word of God, to be attentive to what God wants to say to his people. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 17 through 20. Uh, Jesus said, in fact, I'll start in verse 16 for continuity's sake. So Jesus said, are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth came from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. In fact, I just thought about this and. If you can turn on over, jump on over to Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 45. I want to read that as well. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 45. Verse number 43. For a good tree does not bear, bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to his word this morning, to the reading of his word. As I had, uh, in the past several weeks, we have been kind of laying a foundation for a marvelous 2010. How many of you are believing God for a great year? I mean, you really believe in God that this is going to be a great year. So what we have been trying to do is for the whole month of January, I've been kind of, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, bringing forth word, a word from the Lord that I believe that will help you lay a solid foundation so that you can have a successful year. We had talked about uh, the first uh, message we talked about embracing your past and uh, I'm, I'm forgetting your past and embracing your future. Last week, we talked about, I thought was a very, very powerful message dealing with the power of developing a plan. How many of you went home and decided that you're going to start coming up with some kind of plan on how to get through what you're going through? Uh, and so, so today, I want to talk about something that is just as important as believers in having a successful 2010. Uh, we want to talk this morning about your personal life. We want to kind of dig this morning. We're going to pick just a little bit, but how many know it's all right? Uh, we're going to pick a little bit, but we're going to pick in a way that's going to encourage you and in a way that's going to inspire you. Because one of the things that I've learned as I walk with God is that you can do, in fact, a, a good example of this. And I'm not saying that Tiger Woods, I don't know his relationship with God, but a good example is that you can do just about everything right. You can plan to have a great year, great 2010. But if you got some sin issue, some problem that is left unchecked, or left undone, it can destroy everything that God is doing in your life. One little thing, and you think for many, many years, all the wonderful things that he did, and now perhaps it will be skewed by this one thing that he did. And I believe, and you and I must believe, must understand that there is an enemy out there that is fighting us. There's an enemy out there who do not want you to live a life and fulfill the plan that God has for you. He is waiting. He knows your points of weaknesses. And if we're going to be a people that's going to have a great year, then we need to be a people to make sure that our lives are pleasing to God. Because if our life is not pleasing to God, it's going to hinder everything that we're trying to do as kingdom people. How many of you uh, are familiar with the U.S. Customs Service or Border Patrol? Border Patrol uh, was established in this country back in 1924. Primarily, uh, it was established to deal with the illegal immigration problems that they were having even at that time. But ever since 2001 has occurred, their focus has kind of shifted to deal with the terrorism that is uh, permeating our society today. And so it's not that they don't deal with the immigration, but now the focus has changed because these terrorists are brutal people. I mean, they sit back every single day and they think of ways that they can plot and try to hurt innocent people. In fact, we was just, we, by the grace of God, we just avoided another terrorist attack that could have happened on Christmas Day where this man, young man was trying to bring down a plane. And so these people are brutal. I've seen pictures of them uh, decapitating people and you know, publishing it on the Internet. They are insensitive and they will stop at nothing to destroy us or kill innocent life for an evil purpose that they believe is good. But let me here to tell you, ain't nothing good about what terrorists do. Because they sit back and, 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 and they hunt the innocent life. They don't like to play by the rules. There's no 
such thing of rules when it comes to terrorists because they really don't care about that. And so Border Patrol, their main job is to guard the borders and to make sure their focus is turned to making sure to keep the terrorists out. And in order for them to do that, how many know they can't ever, and this is the way Border Patrol works, they can't ever have a moment of time where they relax. They cannot ever have a moment of time where they say, you know what, uh, it's time for me to go grab something to eat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go grab something to eat, and we'll just come back to this later. Or, you know what, it's too cold outside to be patrolling the borders today. Why don't you, just, why don't you guys just kind of go inside and keep yourself warm? I mean, no, they don't operate like that. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they always have somebody guarding the borders. Why? Because there's an enemy that wants to come in and invade their territory and invade their space. You know, as believers, God has established borders for us, right? Now, sometimes we don't like the borders that God established for us. We read his word and God says, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Oh, God, you know, God, you don't want me to have fun in life. But God, you know, what's up with this? And we don't understand sometimes that. God's borders are there to protect us. And just like the border patrol folks have to always be on guard, you have to always be on guard to make sure that you're guarding your heart, that you're not allowing anything to come in and breach your borders and cause you to be lured away from the things of God. You know that you can be a Christian for a while. And you can lose your passion. You can lose your love and and your fire for God that you once had. And oftentimes the reason that happens is that somewhere along the line, there's been a a breach of the borders. Something else has come into our hearts and to our minds and it has occupied space. How many know that the devil wants to occupy space? The Bible says that he comes to kill, steal and destroy. So the enemy don't want your life. He don't want you to have a great marriage. He don't want your finances to be in check. He don't want you to have great relationships. He don't want you to be happy. The devil, just like the terrorist, he wants to come and destroy your life. And if you're not going to be believers and Christians that are going to live lives pleasing to God, then we have to be on border patrols. We have to guard ourselves. We have to guard our hearts. We have to look after our lives. We have to be careful about what we allow into our minds, what we allow into our hearts. Because there's an enemy out there and he is relentless. And the devil will not stop until he gets what he wants. And so as Christians, sometimes we, we tend to forget. We drop our guards down. We start praying like we used to pray. Maybe we read our Bible. We used to read every day. But then maybe, you know what, I'm, I'm going to skip today. God doesn't mind. It's OK. I mean, after all, I had, a, I had a very, very busy day. Oh, you know, prayer has become spotty at best. Going to church has become a question that I ask myself on a regular basis on a Sunday, whether or not I want to go instead of just saying, I'm going, it's a foregone conclusion. And so what has happened there is that the borders are receding and the enemy is beginning to take territory. And when the enemy begins to take territory in your life, if you and I don't put up a guard over our hearts and guard the borders of our lives, let me know the enemy will come in and he will run a rush out over you. And let me tell you something, the devil is... He doesn't play fair. (laughs) 
He doesn't play by the rules. The devil wants to destroy everything about you. And it's important that we understand that, that, that we can never, ever come to a place where we let our guards down and just kind of take it easy spiritually. We got to all Jesus said to the disciples that we need to watch and what? Pray. Don't just pray, brother. You got to watch, too. Because you have an adversary. We have an adversary who want to do everything that he can to bring us down. And I don't want us to go into 2010 with the same old baggage that we had in 2009 and bring it into this year because we're not paying attention to the details of our lives and guarding our hearts the way that we should be guarding our hearts. Proverbs 25:28. You want to look there with me? Proverbs 25, and we'll be in Proverbs for a second here. Proverbs 25, 28. I love this verse because it really is it, it's, it's spoken so well. It's written so well. It really explains very, very well what we're talking about. But look at this verse. It says, whoever has no rule over his spirit, watch this, is like a city broken down without walls. Wow. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. In other words, a person that has no discipline in their lives, a person that allows their minds and their eye gates to wander off into all kinds of things and activities, Without giving any second thought to it, he's saying there that we're like a, a broken city, a city without walls. There's no defense. And how many know that the enemy is always going to come knocking at your door? And hopefully when he comes knocking at your door, that there is a door that is there where he can knock on. That there's something, there's, there, there's something that God has been dealing with you about where God has said to you that you need to put up the border here. You need to guard this. You need to guard that so that the enemy won't come in. One of the things I'm not going to say, but in my home, we have one of my, and one of my kids, we, we have removed the doorknob. Bad place to be. Now, we've got reason for doing that, but we've removed the doorknob so that I can have access whenever I want to have access. Don't ask me what that is. I'm, I'm dad and I can do that. It's my house. And, uh, you know, and that's what the enemy wants to do. He want to be able to come in and out of your life. If you don't put a guard up, he will come in and out of your life. He will tip you. He will wreak havoc in your home. He will wreak havoc in your marriage. He will wreak havoc in your finances. He will wreak havoc in all your relationships if you have no defense. You're like a broken city without walls if we don't guard our hearts. So we talked about this thing of guarding our hearts today. Guarding our hearts and being made aware that we need to give attention to the things in our life. Every one of us have weaknesses or things that we're, we're dealing with. We must give, we must take care to make sure that we're giving attention to those things. Proverbs chapter number four. Look at Proverbs chapter number four. You're already in Proverbs, verse 20 through 23. Look at this. Proverbs chapter number four. 
verses 20 through 23. Look at this. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Verse 20, incline your ear to my saying and do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. So watch this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart, verse 23 says, with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now, we talk about this thing of guarding. Guarding has to do with protecting and defending. Because there's a lot of information that is floating out there. You know, nowadays you got the Internet and you got the PDAs and you got uh, the images on the buses. Uh, you got information that is coming to you a hundred different ways every day. It is so easy to be influenced by our culture that we can become desensitized to the voice of God. If we allow ourselves and our mind to be filled up with the ways and the thinking of this world, you know, Christians can become lukewarm. I was listening this morning to a preacher who was preaching. And boy, and I, it's one of, it's a guy, I, love to pre, I love to hear him. I love to listen to him. I think he is a wonderful preacher. Uh, his name is uh, Jettison, uh, Jennison Franklin. Uh, we saw him at Wave Conference last year. But I listen to him quite. He's one of my he's one of my 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 best men of God. And it's not because he's such a great preacher, but because I know that he has a tremendous heart for God. I love to listen to people that I know that love God with fire and passion. And he was talking about how that in America, we don't like to call sin sin anymore. Preachers. Now, I listen one Sunday. I listened to a preacher on CNN, a man of the gospel who preached to thousands every week. Larry King asked him a very simple question. It was what I will call uh, a ground ball, an easy pitch. A, a, what do you call it? A, you know, a, you know just, just a ground ball, something easy, for, an easy question for him to answer as a pastor. He says, hey, well, you know, he says to him, well, you know, it's, it's, it's homosexuality wrong. Well, I really don't want to, uh, you know, I really don't want to talk about that, you know, because, you know, everybody to, you know, his own and, and, and you know, we just don't think it's God's best. And I'm sitting there listening. It's like, say, what? What? You don't think it's God's best? No, no, brother. It's sin. It's wrong. It's unrighteousness. When you're a preacher of the gospel, you preach the word. And I have no problem. I was like, please toss me that pitch. That, 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 please toss that one to me. Let me knock that one right out of the park. That's easy for me. But see, what has happened is as believers is because we don't guard our hearts, because we have let the world's way of thinking, this liberal mindset to creep into the life of the church, that we don't want to call sin, sin anymore, because we don't want to offend people. We don't want to get people upset. We don't want to say anything that will make somebody say, no, no, no. And so what we do is we give them nice, good, cozy messages that tell them God loves them and God's going to prosper them and give them a lot of money so that they can live on a big house and then die. Because what happened there is that the borders have been receding. There's been a breach of the borders. And so, and so we live in a culture today in American Christianity whereby it's, you know, the, 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 our main, our main uh, uh, calling in life is not to please ourselves. 
I'm preaching good this morning. Our main purpose in life is to please God. If you're a Christian, that must be. So, so then if the word of God says, don't do this, I ain't going to do it. If the word of God says, don't go there, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because my, my, my desire is to please him. And so in our culture today, as, as, as people, the borders have just been, you know, we allow all this information to just invade our minds and invade our hearts. And, and we don't even think twice about it. And, 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 you know, and church has become more of something of an of a entertainment center. Some place that we can just go to say, hey, I went through the motion. Hey, I heard some good singing. I heard a good preaching. As long as they don't mess with metal with my stuff. You know, every time, you know, every time I get ready to preach a hard message, I usually tell you, you know it's going to be hard for me when I say I'm going to meddle a little bit. Because we got to deal with this thing. Because see, we're talking about people's lives. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about your spiritual being well-being in this life and in the life to come. And how many know we cannot be playing with sin? We cannot be to the point that we don't call it what it really is and begin to hold one another accountable. Because what happened is you hear enough of that stuff. God loves everybody. Oh, God doesn't mind if you go and take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that. God doesn't really mind because after all, you're human and you know, the big one is, you know, the grace of God. The grace of God boy, allows me to just, I mean, know that that's, that's faulty teaching. And it'll get you in a heap of trouble. So Jesus, so the Bible here talks about guarding your heart, guarding your heart. Okay, I'm going to guard my heart. What am I, when it says guarding my heart, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that certain things don't I don't I don't sit there and entertain myself with stuff that I know goes contrary to what God's words say. That's what it simply means. God of my heart really is about avoiding sin and feeding my spirit with the things of God. That's all. That's really what what this thing uh, boils down to. Guard your heart with all diligence. That means that we can never, ever, you know, there there are subliminal messages that are all over the place. And there's always somebody trying to influence you or pull you in a certain direction. They send little messages here, little messages there. I mean, you, you can't even sit at home as much as I love football. And we're praying that the Cowboys win, right, brother? We're going to do it. But as much as I love to watch football and sports, it's hard sometimes to sit there and watch because I got to turn the thing off because some picture will come on the TV screen. And I'm like, Oh, man, why do you got to do that? Why I don't need to, to see all of that, you know? But, you know, as a believer, you can become so desensitized. That's just the norm. It's the, it's the way that it is. Really? <laughs> that ain't what the, what the word says. Keep your heart with all diligence means that we got to be watchful. We got to be prayerful. We got to be paying attention to details of our lives. 1 Peter 5, 8. I think David had that verse. You can, if you want to turn there, you can turn there. You can look at it on the screen. But I, I have it in a New Living Translation. I happen to love that translation. But listen to this. Be careful. You know, whenever you see something in the Bible says be careful, that's a, that's a pretty good warning. Be careful. Or stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion Looking for some victim to devour. 
Oh, gosh. He prowls like a roaring lion looking for a victim. You know, the devil, you know, well, let's put it this way. You know, lion is one of my favorite. If you don't know that's one of my favorite things, look behind you. I love lions because they are symbolic to me of the power and authority of God. But, you know, when a lion roars, they don't roar just for, because they're happy. They like to hear themselves roar. You know, when a lion roars, Brother Larry, you know what they roar? They mean, I'm going to get me some. I want to get me some meat. Lions mean business. They're fearless. They're bold. And you know, the enemy, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion. He wants to eat your life to shreds. He wants to chew you and not even spit you out. Just get rid of you. If he could. If it were not before the grace of God. The Bible says, be on alert, be watchful, be careful, because your adversary, the devil, is constantly looking. What is he looking for? What is he looking for? He's looking for folk who are not patrolling the borders of their lives. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people that let down the borders. He's looking for people that are willing to compromise a little bit here and compromise a little bit there. He's, he, he's looking for folks that are not paying attention for people that are consumed with the ways of this world so much so that they fall asleep at the borders of their lives so that he can come in at the point of weakness and destroy you. One of the things that, that we must recognize as the children of God is that God loves us. And God has given us his word to protect us, to keep us so that we will not fall prey to the enemy. Because it's like somebody say, well, I don't believe there's a devil. You can. OK, you don't have to believe there's a devil. You, you know, that don't mean the devil don't exist. And that don't mean that he's not going to come after you. Well, I don't believe, officer, that that's what the law says. Well, you can believe what you want to believe. I read the book and you go into court. It's going to be what it is. It is what it is. The enemy is after our lives. He is after our families. This is why we got to guard the borders of our lives. This is why we got to give attention to detail because it's not just about us. It's about our children's children, the next generation. It's about what are we passing down the line and how, you know, if you have, for an example, uh, like in my family, I use my own family. We have in our family, we have a, a history of alcoholism, immorality run rampant in my in my family. And one of the things that, that we have the responsibility to do, or we have the opportunity to do, is to reverse the curse. That we say, you know what, I cannot allow this to happen. I got to guard the borders, not just for me, but for my children's children. Because I don't want to leave them a legacy of a life that was outside of the will of God. I mean, I've been, I don't know about you, but I've been up in this thing too long. I work too hard. I preach too many messages. I've been going through too much to toy around with sin and, and allow my borders to be breached. And some of us, to be real honest, some of us, our borders have been breached. Now, that's between you and God. 
But our borders have been, and you know, it, as you listen to this message, there's I, I've, I've allowed the borders and, and, and I've even succumbed to some of the this world's thinking. And in fact, I don't even I don't even really believe uh, uh, in, 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 in certain things like I used to. I, I don't really believe that sin is really, you know, I had one brother come in one time and. Oh, we we all are. We all are God's children and we all have been saved. And, you know, we all we you know, we don't have to. It's just automatic. Hey, bro, where you get that liberal theology from? Where did that come from? Who you've been feeding your mind with? You see, that's why you got to guard your heart because you can get. So you got to be careful what you listen to and who you listen to. You know, I got an iPod. So when I put on my iPod certain preachers that I listen to. In other words, I control what I hear because the Bible says, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you let get in here because it's going to affect what's in here. You follow me? So if you don't guard your hearts, then, you know, you will be influenced by the culture. And the culture is not going the way of God. Young people, listen to me. In your schools, you all know that the culture around you, they're not following God. And you're in turmoil because you're trying to figure out yourself whether or not, whether or not I want to follow God. Everybody look this way. Whether or not I want to follow God or whether or not I want to go the way of the culture. Because all your friends, they ain't really loving God. All your friends talk about religion as a uh, casual thing. But as a Christian, Christianity, Christ should be everything to you. A holy lifestyle is a good lifestyle. It's the best life for you. Don't never let the enemy tell you anything differently. Out of the heart. So, so then out of the heart flows the issues of life. Flows the issues of life. So that means that everything about my heart, whatever is in my heart defines me. You see, what's in my heart is who I am and not what I appear to be to other people. Say that again. Whatever is in my heart reflects who I really am, not what I appear to be before other people. So we talk about the heart. The heart is the the mind in the center of thinking and reasoning. It includes our emotions and our whole inner being. It is the source of whatever affects our speech, our sight, and our conduct. Our heart is everything. That's why the Bible says guard your heart. Guard it, guard it. Because out of it flows the issues of life. The way you look at life, the way you reason, the way you think about other people, the way you communicate with other people. The decision that you make every single day is based upon what's inside of your heart. So what is it that you're letting in your heart? There's some things you just got to say, no, no, I'm not gonna even going to listen to that. Some places, no, I can't even go there because I don't want to expose my heart to certain things. I can't even go there. I can't do that. Why? Because I got to keep the borders up. I got to keep the borders up. I'm a border patrol Christian. What are you protecting? My heart. I'm guarding my life. I'm guarding my life. Because I want to make sure that I please God. And we had read earlier. Matthew 15, 17 through 20, but I want to read it again. Matthew 15, 17 through 20. You have it, uh, uh, Sister Diamond. Matthew, look at it. Do you, do, not, do you not know yet, do you not yet understand? 
that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. Now, this is Jesus talking. See, now, if it was in my Bible, it would be in the red. So when it's in the red, it means Jesus talking. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from where? Come on, somebody say it with me. You know what? Heart. There it is. And they defile a man. For out of the heart, watch this, proceeds evil thoughts. Are you having an evil thought right now? Meditating it coming out of your heart. Murders. Everybody that commit murder, they first conceive it where? In the heart. Adulteries. Everybody that commit adultery, immorality, or fornication, it starts where? Right here. Fornication. Sex outside of marriage. It starts here. Theft. If you're stealing, it starts here. False witness and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwise hand does not defile a man. You know, the Pharisees, they were all concerned about appearance. What everybody look like? Oh, I want to make sure that everybody looks good. And, you know, they were all concerned about that so much. Jesus called, you know, what Jesus said to him, he says, you're like whitewashed tombs. He says, you're, you're, you're inside. He said, outside the cup, you appear beautiful. And not that we shouldn't pay attention to the outside of the cup, but it shouldn't be our main focus. Jesus said, outside, you appear beautiful, but inside, you're full of dead men's bones and all corruption. And what was Jesus saying? He said, y'all sitting here, you worried about trying to look good and look a certain way before the people with your lifestyle. But in actuality, in actuality, your heart is far from me. He said in one, in one phrase, Jesus says, these people draw near to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, it's all about where our heart is. God does not look on us. You know, when, when, when Samuel, was it Samuel the prophet that came to anoint David? Before he anointed David as king, David had other older brothers there. And Samuel looked at one brother and said, that gotta be the, that's the one that God is sending me to, to put the anointing oil on right there. Look at him. I mean, he looked like he looked like a man of God. He looked strong. He's handsome. His shoulders are robust. I mean, this, that's the one right there. But the scripture says, no, 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 no. God does not look on man as man sees, but God looks on the what? Heart. Heart. See, it's all about the heart because the heart is the seat of everything that you and I are. It's everything. So that's why we gotta, we gotta guard it. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. Everything about us is all about the heart. That's why we got to be careful of who we hang around. Careful of the places that we go. Careful of what we see on the internet. Careful of what we see on the TV. Careful of all of these things. Why? Because we got to guard our hearts. Because if we don't, they will come into our hearts and our minds and they will influence us. And you know when a person is in trouble because they just start compromising stuff. You can tell when, when you're slipping in your life that something ain't right. You just know. You just start slipping. You're not giving attention to stuff like you used to. The passion level is a little bit gone. There you become dry in your walk with God. Let me tell you something. If you're in a season where you sense that you're getting dry in your walk with God, then you really need, you really need to run to God. You really need to figure that thing out and get before his presence because something else has preoccupied your mind and your thoughts. I find that the more I'm meditating on and thinking about God, the, the Bible says I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. See, boy, it's hard to worry about stuff when you're always thinking about God. It's hard to be over bothered with the things of this world when all I think about is Jesus. 
That's why Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't walk around worried. If anybody had anything to worry about, it would have been him, right? Because there were people threatening to kill him all the time. I mean, we don't really see him. I mean, we read this and we just forget. You know, his life was hanging in the balance everywhere he went. There were Pharisees and people plotting to kill him every day of his life. And finally, they got him, but they didn't get him because God ordained it to be so. The devil thought he won, but he didn't. Jesus says, you don't take my life. I love Jesus. He said, he said yeah, you, you don't take me. You have no authority over me. Pilate said, do you not know that I have the power to crucify you? I can take your life right now if I wanted to. Jesus said, you got no power over me. Whatever power you got, God gave it to you. God has anointed me to do this. You got no power. Zip is zero over me. Got no power over me. Jesus even in his darkest hour, he wasn't, he wasn't sitting there worried about stuff. The only thing he was concerned about is, I just want to be close to God. That's the only time you see Jesus when his heart was sorrowful, when he was about to bear all the sin of the world. But he never walked around scared and fearful because he was loaded with God. His mind was constantly on God. And because of that, he stayed close to God. Jump on over to... Um, Let's look real, real quick, and we're almost done. Look real, real quick to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. In a few more minutes here, and we'll be done. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 to 23. And this, um, this verse echoes what we're talking about. Also very, very well. Look at, verse, uh, look at verse 22 in Matthew chapter 6. It says, the lamp of the body is the eye, is the eye. The lamp of the body is your eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body, wow, not just a piece of you, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, a little Leaven leavens the whole lump. A little darkness can destroy your whole, everything that God is building in your life can be overrun with just a little bit of darkness. Well, I'm going to play with this little bit of sin. He says, he says here, if there's a little bit of light, he says, he says, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in you is dark. If it's dark at all, then how great is that darkness? You know, the enemy never comes in and get it to get a little bit. You let him in. You know, he's going to try to do. He's going to try to take all of it. OK, devil, I'll give you a little bit of space here, but I want you to stop right here. OK. Yeah, right. Believe that. No, no, no. You give him a little bit of space. That brother going to come in and he's going to run a rush out of your life. Look at Second Corinthians chapter number 10. This is our last verse and we're done. Second Corinthians chapter number 10. Dealing with your thought life. What are you thinking about? What do you meditate on? This says a lot about what gets into our hearts, into our minds. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, starting in verse number four, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity 
to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It, it, let me ask you a question. This is, you can answer if you feel like answering. Is it sinful? Have you sinned against God when you have an evil thought? When an evil thought comes into your mind? It's not that deep. When an evil thought comes into your mind, have you sinned against God? All right. How many have had evil thoughts come into your mind? Okay, I'm preaching. I'm going to say I'm going to help you. Me. Okay, here's the next question. When that evil thought comes into your mind, what do you do with it? Do you allow it to take root into your heart or do you rebuke it and cast it down? You know, every now and then I talk to myself. You can talk. You know, I would recommend you can talk to yourself. You know, I got this thing right here that, boy, it, it's become a great thing. And it stopped people from having to call the psych ward on me. You know, but I thank God that they developed this thing right here. Just call it a headset. You know, now I can go down the road praying in my car. And people think I'm on the phone. Because I got this little thing right here. So, you know, you can talk to yourself today and get away with it. At the time, I'm in the car. I'm in the car praying. Maybe I'm battling with someone, wrestling with something. Maybe there's an evil thought, and I'm casting down stuff. So I got this thing, and I'm talking. The devil, I rebuke, and the next person look over there. Oh, he's got a deep conversation going on with somebody on the phone. I'm praying, brother. I'm just talking to God. So you got an excuse. So get yourself one of these, and you can fake it. Don't, so that way you don't have to worry about somebody calling the cops when you think you're crazy for talking to yourself. But you know, the Bible says the faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So then when evil thoughts come into my mind, I hate that person. Now, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. The Bible says to love your neighbor, do good to those who harm you, pray for those who despitefully use you. So then every time an evil thought comes into my mind, I cast it down. I rebuke it and I replace it with the word, i.e. that's why it's important to know the word of God. That's why it's important to get the word in you. So when those evil thoughts comes into your mind, because they're going to come, then you have to be able to rebuke them and replace them with the word of God. Paul says we cast down speculation and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. So Paul is saying anything that comes into my mind that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, here's what I'm doing. I'm casting it down. If I know it's not biblical, if I know it's not right, I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm not going to let it fester here. I hear guys at work sometimes, they'll say stuff like, well, you know, it's okay to, um, what do they call it? Uh, it's okay to look, but long you don't purchase. Some along those lines. In other words, it's okay for me to allow my imagination, my mind to run rampant. Oh, I'm just going to fantasize. I mean, no, it's sinful to fantasize. Because it's getting where? It's right here. So you sit there and you play with the thoughts. And you sit there and you say, okay, mm, let me think about that. then you're filling your heart with sin and unrighteousness. And you're letting that thing take root into your heart instead of saying, no, no. And every now and then, and sometimes if you're at home and even thought coming to mind, just say no. And just explain to your spouse, I'm having spiritual warfare right now. I just got to rebuke the enemy. <clears throat> and replace it with the word of God. Because here's what we're talking about. We're talking about your heart. Guarding your heart. Guarding your heart means you got to have a disciplined thought life. 
You just can't allow your mind just to run rampant. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to try to correct my behavior externally. Let me tell you something. People can externally correct their behavior for a while. But if that behavior does not match up with what's in their heart, eventually it's going to come out. There's going to be a conflict someplace. I've had people come in, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop that. But in their heart, in their minds, they're still entertaining their thoughts. They still accept them, receive them, and then wonder why. How come I can't break the habit? Because it's not about external. It's about what's in the heart. Because if a person's heart gets right, then everything else would, would check out right. If your heart is right, then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When your heart is right, if you've got a perverse heart, you're going to have a perverse life. If you've got a pure heart, you're going to have a pure life. See, it all starts in your heart. You and I have a responsibility to guard our hearts. So then, the question I have for you is the same question I have for you at the beginning of the message. How's your heart condition? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.